Hey, this is Keith Jones, the president of Hockey Operations of the Flyers. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. This is Dan Helfer. Hi, this is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Well, that uh, that happened. That was not the way that um, things should have happened, perhaps. This is a way that things ultimately played out. But welcome into the Press Row Show post-game, the number one rated post-game show this side of the Mississippi, emanating live from the Wells Fargo Center here down in South Philly. Now, Bundy, I know that I picked the Rangers, you picked the Rangers, Anthony picked the Rangers, intern Andrew did not. He went the wrong way. He picked the Flyers in this one. And you said, I believe, in the first intermission, you can't win a game in the first period with a couple of goals, but you can certainly put yourself in a bad position. And as you've noted a ton of times this season, this Flyers team is an exponentially better team and better suited to play with a lead than to try to come back. Um, well, they're 0% when they fall behind. Yep. And they're unbelievable when they get the lead. So, I mean, again, you can't manufacture the first goal. I mean, there's no way. Because it could be bad bounces. It could be, you know, some errant play that goes, yep. uh, you know, off kilter. But the one thing you can do is be better prepared to have those starts. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, I think for the most part, they've done a good job this year. I mean, they just they won five in a row before the loss here on the Islanders. And, this is a team that we're told, and you know, speaking to Danny Breer, you guys did before the game, yeah. this is still a rebuild. Yep. So we have to remember that, but this is a Rangers team that's kind of turned the corner, tops in the Metro. Um, yeah, you can't win a game in the first period, but you can lose one if you don't play the right way, and, and that ended up crippling the Flyers. Um, the 2 nothing lead uh, with two and a half, less than two and a half minutes in, yep. and an absolutely brutal power play that just cannot find its way on the highway um, and it's a problem. You know, that's a problem because when you're only down a, a goal or two goals early and you were afforded the amount of power plays, I think the New York Rangers had two power play opportunities. Yep. Uh, the Flyers had six, and they were 0 for 6. Um, that's a killer. You know, that's a killer in a game that you're, you're in a low-scoring game. This was a low-scoring game uh, that you need to manufacture offense, and it just wasn't there for them because they just cannot get that thing rolling. Yeah, 0 for 6 is pathetic. Like, I, I don't care. I don't care how good the team you're going up against is. I don't care if their PK is the best of all time. 0 for 6 cannot happen, especially at home, especially against a rival, against a team that you're, in theory, supposed to hate, in front of a raucous crowd. We talked about it a little bit earlier. It was, in a way, kind of like a... Um, Playoff-esque crowd, I would say. Yeah. You can't go 0 for 6. There are, and there, there remain, and there have been the entire season, there have been legitimate issues with this power play, with the structure of the power play, with the way that they've tried to execute whatever plan it is on the power play. It's just looked out of sorts. And they've had a couple of games that have essentially stood out as anomalies, right, where they've put a few pucks in the back of the net on the power play. But ultimately, you guys can come get a picture. You just go, get get in there. But, like, this is the problem, is they have not done a good enough job of making the necessary adjustments to improve this power play. And 0-6 is the thing that kills you, because 
All right, let's let's set aside the fact that you fell behind two nothing so early, right? Yeah. You can stop the bleeding, get a power play goal, and at some point it's two two, or maybe it's three two. They started a period with a power play, with half of a power play remaining uh, practically. You had multiple uh, moments in this game where you could have shifted the momentum in your favor and failed to do so. The best and the best chances they had was the attempted shots. Yes. When they got, I think I counted like three shots that they actually got through. There was a little bit of chaos after. They continue to just try tic tac toes around the perimeter. As I said a couple weeks ago, Russ, or maybe it was, I think it was you and me doing the post game. If you want to move the puck around the perimeter. Go ahead. Yes. I'll stand there and watch and salute you for two minutes as the greatest puck-moving power play ever. <laughs> and right now, if the Flyers want to call themselves that, they most certainly can. Yeah. They can't find anything into the middle of the ice yeah. unless they find a way to get a shot through. And I there's just nothing that can be pretty about it. And when you look, so I say to Anthony in the third period, it's hilarious when you look at a power play in general in the league. Like, if yeah. you're one for five, you've had a successful night. If anybody else had a 20% per, uh, a percentage in the job they do, they'd be fired. Yep. But a power play, one for five on a given night is acceptable. The Flyers are 0 for 6 tonight, completely unacceptable. Yep. So, but again, you know, I, yeah, I think we, we, I think we have torts. Anthony's okay. supposed to be providing better audio, and it doesn't look like he did. So uh, let's just see if okay. we can. See if he's there. Intern Andrew has his finger over the camera. All right, let's see how we're, how we're looking. And now Could be it looks like he froze. So it looks like we've lost intern Andrew on the video feed. All right, we'll see if we can get him back. Uh, yeah, as you were saying, I mean, John, there, John Torts is on the podium. He is, but if I if I try to bring him on, nope, we got nothing. We got nothing down there. Intern Andrew, there's frozen video. Anthony didn't bring up his better audio. It's just sad. It's a sad state of affairs. You know that proves to you that it can happen after Turkey Day. The trip to fan is still setting in on uh, on our co-hosts. And our intern as they try. Oh, I, I saw a little bit of motion. Let's see. There we go. Yeah, we, we fought the puck. We, we couldn't. We weren't crisp and passing, making plays. Give them credit. They, they check well. Um, yeah, we, we just, uh, our transition has been really good this year. Uh, we had struggled making two or three passes in a row tonight. We fought it that way. We tried. Uh, but, you know, we probably ought to chance them, but their chances were glorious chances. And that's basically where our tracking was nowhere to be found. You mentioned about the tracking, the back checking. Obviously, you know, I don't think the effort on the whole was lacking, but is that just a couple of individual plays where, where guys don't push back as, as hard as it, it, not Well, individual plays, yes, but numerous of them. Uh, yeah, the only way we can check forward, the only way we can take a chance checking forward is to have the support, and it was not there tonight. For whatever reason. After a game like that, especially with all the things you're saying, beneficial you get right back out there. Yep. Once I get away from you guys, we're getting on the bus and going. So can I leave? Thank you. That was certainly something. Uh, let me just double check that we're back here with our audio where it needs to be. I think, yep, we're good. So, um, Torts, short, sweet, almost fell off the stage. That was almost really bad Tor at the end there. That's Torts and Sweet? Torts and sweet. Oh, we got a new T-shirt. I like that. Not short and sweet. We, can, and sweet? we can add that to the. Uh, <laughs> we can add that to the to the Snow the Goalie store. Torts angry. Uh, yes. He's not thrilled, and you know what? He shouldn't be. And no. In the grand scheme of things, it's it's a disappointing game to have. 
I get that it's the holiday. I get that you're a few days removed from uh, a game against the Islanders that you lost. You're in the midst of three and four, but I thought that they would come out and play a little bit better. Now, we did pick against them. I mean, in fairness, we didn't, we didn't lie to ourselves and say that they were going to win this game. However, not a strong performance. Um, do you think that that two-goal that two start for the Rangers uh, aside, do you think the Flyers did enough in the second and third to keep themselves competitive and to put themselves in a position to maybe get themselves back into this one? Regardless of how you thought they played, I thought they were okay. Yeah. I don't think they were great, but they had six power plays. That's six man advantages in the game. I don't want to beat a dead horse anymore over this because we've talked about it, but they've got to get that together because that's the difference in the game. You know, you said, Russ, after the first period, we were talking, like, who do you think gets the next goal? I said, well, the next goal is a hockey game. And so did Anthony, and you said, well, the Rangers will get it, and you were right. But it didn't have to be like that. Yeah. The Flyers could have gotten manufactured a power play goal and make it 2. Believe me, the difference between 2-1 and 3-0 is eternity huge. in yeah. a 60-minute six, game. Yep. So I'm not stating the obvious by saying it, but it's everything. Yep. And especially in a league where the two-goal lead is the, you know, the, probably the least safe lead in the game, now the three-goal lead becomes more of a challenge. You can still do it, but, man, is it hard to – to crawl back in a game. The, the start was awful tonight. They didn't yeah. have a good start. No. We had guys making plays into the middle of the ice. You can't make plays in the middle of the ice yep. unless you're 100% sure or it's going to come back and haunt you. I want to encourage people, stop what you're doing. Share the link on YouTube or on Facebook, wherever you're at. Share the link with a couple of Flyers fans in your life, friends, family, random people on the street that you see wearing Flyers garb. That weird neighbor who uh, you know, always asks you how your family's doing and uh, you don't even know his name. Let him know about Snow the Goalie and about the Press Row Show. But, uh, Bunny, I hate to do this, but I feel like we have to acknowledge the elephant in the room, and people are already asking it in the comments, but, you know, Tortorella's put himself in this position. Whether he cares or not, I guess, is irrelevant, but he has put himself in the position because he's put Morgan Frost in the Chateau Bow Wow, as you call it. <laughs> it is, yeah. Since he's in that doghouse, like, any time this team loses and Frost is out of the lineup— the next question is going to be, is Morgan Frost going to be in? And anytime this team wins and he's not in the lineup, the question is going to be, when is Morgan Frost going to be back in the lineup? And he might not care, but that does matter because, for better or worse, it's a fair question. You look at a power play that goes 0 for 6, a power play that lacks certain vision, certain creativity, and Morgan Frost is not a perfect player by any stretch, and perhaps he does not play the 200-foot game that John Tortorella wants him to play. However... He does give you significant playmaking and vision, which one would assume would be helpful on a dreadful power play unit. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and there, are there guys like Morgan Frost playing in the league? Every single night. Yeah. Guys just like him playing every yep. single night. No one says a word about him. But, you know, I, I mean, listen, I'm not at a point anymore to state the obvious, but they clearly, I don't think, have a future for him here. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not going to say it in a way, but I mean, they don't. The way that they've treated him, he sat 10 games out of 20. Yeah. You are not a piece of the future at the 20-game mark if they've sat you for 10 games. Mm -hmm. So this is where the point now where you suck it up as a good guy first, and then you call your agent. Yep. And that's what, that's what you do. I mean, that's how you do. I mean, you can't sit around. And, they, and the weirdest part is they paid him. Yeah. They, they paid did. him in the summer. Like, I mean, they, they waited. Yeah, they waited, but they did pay him. Like, they gave him a pretty good bridge contract. They did. And uh, so... You know, again, I, and I go back to it, like, is he alone? No, he's not, but he's the guy. He's yeah. the guy that's going to get, that's going to take it and, and on the chin, and he's the one that's going to absorb that hit every time something doesn't go good. 
And until he does something in a way that proves to his coach that he's not going to be a guy who's going to make um, poor decisions defensively or soft plays defensively, he's going to be continue to be a guy that's going to be in the Chateau Bow Wow unless he comes out. I mean, I don't know what more he'd want. He came in, he had four points in three games, and that yep. wasn't good enough. So um, I'm sure he'll be back in tomorrow night, Russ. <laughs> I mean, Scott says we have no offensive centers, even including Coots in that statement. Uh, M. Bodline says stats say that Frost does play a 200-foot game. Not the kind that Tortorella wants. If he did, he'd be in the lineup. But he ain't. He ain't in there. So something, obviously. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they got Tyson Forster on the power play. He's uh, trying to score. He's been trying all year to score. He's gotten one goal, I believe. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the game the other night, it's a six-on-five for the Flyers to get in. Tyson Forster's on the ice yep. with 40 seconds left in a game they need a must. Uh, you need a goal. Yep. So somebody has an awful lot of faith in him and really believes that he's going to be a goal scorer and thinks that he's going to get his second goal 19 games into the season with 30 seconds left. Yeah. Okay. Not ideal. Not that's, ideal in the least. So that, but that's what, what it is. And then there's other guys that aren't playing. And, and listen, it's hard to dispute the record. Yeah. They've played well. This is they a have. team. But, but you know what, Ian? If we're going to go right down to the grindstone and nitpick, that's what we do. We give kudos when it's there. Mm-hmm. We call it what it is when it's there, too. To me, it's pretty obvious. You know, I mean, what, what I'm seeing. Do you put Morgan Frost? If I'm the coach, I would have put him in a long time ago, and I would have let him play. Yeah. They're trying, but what he, what he does is he uses it as a crutch saying, well, if he's not playing the game the right way, that's a wrong message going through the room. I got news for you. There's other guys doing the same things. Yeah. So, again, is, is the whipping boy and uh, is the, uh, in the doghouse would, would be an understatement at this point. Yeah. It's, uh, he's so far in the doghouse. That he's uh, dug a hole under the bed in the back. He's actually trying to burrow his way into another yard. He dug a back door. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know, I can't imagine that he's the kind of guy who's going to speak up. Uh, I don't expect the agent to come out and publicly say that they want him moved. But, like, at some point, you do have to kind of say, like, this is, this is not great. This is not ideal. Well, 100%. I mean, there's no yeah. agent's going to say that anything's right about it. I mean, you're sitting a guy out of the lineup that on your sh- spreadsheet makes more than $2 million. Yeah. And you just paid him. Yep. So, but I will tell you one thing, and I don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure it out. They either paid him because they think he can play, or they paid him because they want to move him. Yeah. But if you wanted to move him, you should have just said, here's eight hundred grand." But again, that wasn't enough because he had numbers the second half. So that dictated the financials. There are uh, people who have kind of, pointed to the Mark Stahl reinsertion into the lineup as being the problem. Oversimplistic, to say the least. Uh, They didn't win when he was in the lineup in the beginning of the year, and now they have lost with him back in the lineup. Is this all Mark Stahl's fault? No. It has nothing to do. Phone lines are open for the first time today. (laughs) 610-6... has nothing to do with Mark Stahl. No. He's a defensive guy. He's out there to try to block shots, make simple plays... He's older. He was out of the lineup. Now he's back in. He's a dude. He's just he's a, a guy. guy. He just plays hard, and you're not going to get anything sexy from him. But it has nothing to do with his game in yep. terms of why things have changed. Yep. He's kind of like the. He's like a useful side. He's like the green bean casserole. Just there, you know. And, he's and there. Some people will have reliable. It. Yeah, some, some people, people like it. Some, some people, people don't. don't like it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there's still green bean casserole on the Thanksgiving That's Day exactly table. exactly right. Yeah, it's still there. Morgan Frost is kind of like a homemade cranberry sauce. You know, like there's uh, there's some value there. I got nothing. All right. 
I think it's probably about time. We've uh, gone long. We we have. But you know what? One thing that we can promise you is that we will be here the rest of the season to break down whatever happens with this Flyers team. Uh, we did not do the morning after after the Islanders game. We gave ourselves a little bit of grace there by Thanksgiving Eve night not doing it, and then Thanksgiving morning. I mean, let's be real. I know that our psychotic fans would have absolutely tuned in. They would have abandoned their families and everything to sit in front of the TV or on their phone, tablet, computer, whatever to watch. Um, a lot going on uh, in the next few days. The Flyers are back on Saturday night, taking on the Islanders. We'll be back on Sunday with the morning after. Uh, not in the mongrel hours, but we will be back with the show on Sunday. Then next Tuesday, they are back here at home against Carolina. Two days later, they remain home against the Devils before next Saturday, going back out on the road to take on the Penguins and the Battle of the Keystone State. So a lot of interesting matchups coming up, all Eastern Conference games. I uh, don't want to get your predictions on how you think this is going to play out, but uh, let's go to tomorrow's game. A dreaded 7.30 p.m. start. Do you think they are able to get a bit of revenge against the Islanders tomorrow, or does this losing streak go to three games? Um, I don't want to do the New York, New York, New York. It's a back to triple header against the three headed snake that is New York. Start spreading the news. Uh, I like I like the Flyers in a revenge spot tomorrow. Mm. I do. It's it's hard to win two games in a row in a short span. I find in your own building or against the same team. So I'm actually going to give the Flyers a little bit of the, of of headway tomorrow and think that they're going to respond well to back to back losses. Am I guaranteeing that? No. Uh, because I do think the Islanders, when I look at them and the way they're constructed, they're a team that is probably a problem for the Flyers. They're a little bit of a heavier team, um, but I don't. I, I like the Flyers in that spot, to be honest with you. I, I, and they need to get back in it. Otherwise, yeah. they lose three in a row and they're right back to 500 again. And that would be a shame. So we will be back on Sunday morning with the morning after recap of tomorrow night's game against the New York Islanders. Big thank you to everybody who tuned in live for the Press Row Show here on YouTube and Facebook. If you missed the pregame interview with Danny Briere, that is on YouTube and on Facebook. If you're listening after the fact in the podcast feed, we'll throw that in there as a podcast feed uh, episode as well. So for Bundy, who you can find on Twitter at Cetarian6. For Ant, wherever he is in the bowels of the Wells Fargo Center at Ant San Philly, I'm Russ at Joy on Broad. Thank you for watching, maybe even listening to Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, as we present the Press Row Show, the number one rated pre-intermission and post-game show this side of the Mississippi for everyone. Have a, Have a great night, and we will talk to you very soon.